Oh, good evening, Family Church. It is so good that we're together again for FC Local, and um, we're continuing with our thoughts about building the house, and I'm just going to share some thoughts uh, in a moment uh, whilst people are gathering, and uh, as I've just spent a little bit of time in worship and considering some of the things that I believe the Lord wants to share tonight, I just had a, a, a picture, I believe it's a prophetic picture, uh, for perhaps someone or a number of people. Um, and the picture I saw was of a person um, down like at Stokes Bay or some seafront. And uh, they're looking out to sea. And the winds are blowing. And it's really a, a stormy night. And, and the wind is strong. And it's howling. And it's raining. And it's, it's just a you know in-your-face type of situation. And as the person is standing there, they're not being moved by the wind and they're not moved by the storm that's in front of them. And as I looked down at their feet, I noticed that they were standing on the rock. They weren't standing on the shingle or on the sand, but they were standing on the rock. And that rock obviously is the rock Christ Jesus. And in your situation tonight, you may be experiencing a storm what's going on around us right now with the COVID and the unemployment and the stress and the strain may be like it's a storm. But the Lord, I believe tonight is reminding you that you're standing upon the rock, Christ Jesus, and his church is the cornerstone rock. And even though the doors may be closed in many senses, the church is still very much active and your life is founded upon the rock Christ Jesus and and as I kept looking at this picture I had in my heart what the person who was standing there looking out to the sea didn't see themselves was that the light of God was shining forth from them and it was protecting others from from the shingle from the sea from the wind from the rocks that were coming against them and I just want to be this to be a word of encouragement to you tonight. That even though you may be going through a tough time, as long as your life is founded on the rock, Christ Jesus, and you're allowing him to live his life through you, others will be looking to you as that place of refuge and safety and that place of, of a light that will lead them to the Lord Jesus Christ. I just want that to be a prophetic word of encouragement into your life tonight. Take a hold of it, especially if you're going through a storm in your life right now. Take a hold of that as God's word to you. Stay firm and founded on the rock Christ Jesus. God bless you. So tonight we're week three, week three of building the house and I, I'm, I'm just so encouraged because this is such an, an exciting part of our journey, even though um, things may have been locked down and, and it's been a long time since we met together in a natural, normal way in church and fellowship and gathering. And I can't wait to get back to that. Actually getting to this place where we're speaking about building the house and each of the congregational pastors are sharing a similar sort of message on building the house. I believe that as we look and as we learn and as we receive spiritual truth, 
the implanted word in our heart will cause us um, and, and energize us and equip us so that we're ready to be building and getting ready for our what next. So over the last few weeks, we've been looking at building the house and we know that we are now the dwelling place of God. He doesn't necessarily look to a building. He doesn't necessarily look to a temple because he now abides in us. And we, as the gathering of believers, make up his church, not the building, we the people. And we the the people gather together, just like they did in the book of Acts, in the temple gates or in the temple courts and from house to house. And there was this combination of both going at the same time. We also acknowledge the fact that Jesus said himself that he would build his church and that the gates of hell would not prevail. And I, I just, I don't know about you, but I love the fact that it's Jesus who builds his church. We are a part of that church. We are a part of his bride, the, the bride of Christ. But the church is what he's building And I want to invest my life in what he's building. Your life, regardless of what you think about your life, your life and mine are vital components to the building and the structure and the community and the unity of faith of the church called the Bride of Christ. And as a community of believers, we become the church through which Jesus Christ operates today. Nehemiah, we've been looking at Nehemiah a couple of times um, over these last couple of weeks as well. And there's so much that in the book of Nehemiah that we can see as a comparison as he built the city of the city wall of Jerusalem again. And how we are getting ready to rebuild the house of God, the church again. Never, as I'm aware in the history of the last 2000 years, has has the church needed to shut the door for such a time like this. Nehemiah was called to do something about it and I believe that you and I are also called to do something about the rebuilding of the church as we move forward. I guess the subject of building church has got to be one of my favourite subjects about speaking and communicating and then gathering those with a light heart and a light mind to do the will of God and to make that work and function in our todays. You know, whether we're, we're building a literal building or whether we're building spiritual lives, I guess the key is that our heart has to be in the right place. And I pray and trust that your heart, you're keeping it on track, you're, you're following the plan of God for your life. Even though you've not got you know, your pastor or your connect group leader or your team's all around you at this time. You may not have another Christian walking with you at this time. My heart's prayer really is this, that not one would be lost during this time of separation. You may be supporting others. You may lead a group at this time, a connect group or the worship team group or some other group that meets together or does Zoom together, whatever that would look like. We who are imparting to others, need to make sure that what we're giving and what we're producing, what we're handing out to others, 
is lifting and encouraging. It's so easy to speak doom and gloom right now. But let's not be doing that. Let's not be doom and gloom merchants. Let's be declaring the goodness of God in the land of the living. I personally want to be giving my life, my heart, my finance, my time, my energies, my effort, my strength, my passion to building the church, the house of God that he really wants on the earth today. Nehemiah led the way and led the people in the rebuilding of the city walls. Why? Because not only was he, but the people he led, they were consumed with the purposes of God in their generation. And I guess that is the question we need to ask ourselves tonight. Are we being consumed with the purposes of God in this generation in which we live? Are we seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Or are we more worried about the other things that he said would follow us if we seek him first? It's a great question to ask ourselves. The, the Nehemiah and the people that were with him were so focused on building the walls, resetting the gates and, and making sure that the city of Jerusalem was a safe place. And they were willing to build and construct and give of themselves regardless of the danger or the hardships that were around about them. The people didn't need months of convincing. Nehemiah didn't turn up one day and say, right, OK, here's my plan. Uh, and no one believed him or no one wanted to do it or there was no one available. It wasn't like that. Nehemiah turned up, shared his heart and the people had a heart to do whatever he said for them to do. Listen to this in Nehemiah chapter 2. And uh, if you've got your Bibles, please, please feel free to flick over. And we're going to read from uh, um, Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 18. And this is what Nehemiah said. I told them of the hand of my God which had been good upon me and also spoke the king's words that he had spoken to me. So they said, let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to do this good work. Don't you just love that? Isn't that just a powerful, wonderful it speaks of unity, it speaks of oneness, it speaks of a heart to, to build the city wall of Jerusalem. There's a statement, let us rise up and build. I, I, I suppose in many senses tonight is me throwing out questions to you. Do you have a heart like the children of Israel? And they said, let us rise up and build. Right now, the church, we need each one and every one of us to step up and say, we're going to rebuild the city wall. We're going to rebuild the church. We're going to reset. We're going to restore. We're going to reclaim. We need you to be a part of that building process. They said, let us rise up and build. It wasn't just sentiment. It wasn't just a word of encouragement. Nehemiah, thank you for sharing that with us. Oh, yeah, we'll rise up and build. It wasn't that. When they said, let us rise up and build, 
it goes on to say, and then they set their hand to this good work. Let us rise up and build. It's a great declaration, isn't it? Let us rise up and build. But then what you find is there aren't many people who are, who are willing to come out, willing to sacrifice their time, willing to give of their effort and time and money. What you find here is let us rise up and build. And they set their hand to this good work. What was the result of their willingness to do this work? What was, what was the outcome? What, what was, the building of the city wall should have taken months and months and months to do. But in fact, they did it in 52 days. Just 52 days. Why? Because they had a willingness to build. They are, their heart was set on the purpose that was before them. There was a unity. There was a oneness. There was an absolute desire. Hope had arisen in their hearts. And the completeness was the work that they started was finished. They overcame every obstacle. Oh yes, there will be obstacles as we re rebuild the church. There will be obstacles. Absolutely. But they overcame every obstacle that came their way. They defeated every negative word. Oh yeah, you, you, there's always going to be the doom, the doomsayers, the the naysayers, the 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 ones who can't see what God is doing in the midst of where we are right now. But I want to encourage you. Let's not be a naysayer. Let's not be a doomsday proclaimer. Let's take this next step and each one of us say let us rise up and build the people in nehemiah's day had a mind to work listen to this in nehemiah chapter 4 and we're reading verse 6 in verse 6 it says so we built the wall and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height for the people had a mind to work the people had a mind to work firstly there was a willingness to work now the people had a mind to work i guess let's bring this forward to the 21st century let's bring it into our todays and the work that's needed to rebuild his church Whose agenda are we committed to? Think about that for a moment because it could have life-changing ramifications. Whose agenda are you committed to? Is it his or is it ours? Oh, I could call for a work party. I could call for an evangelistic half day of evangelism. I could call for a, a, an hour of prayer. Whose agenda? Oh, I think I'm a bit tired. Oh, I've been on a computer all day long. It's what I do is my job. Same with me. I'm not always sat there reading the Bible, praying and meditating on the Lord. I sit there and I email people, I minister and I admin, uh, admin stuff. I'm in front of a computer 70-80% of the time. We cannot look to natural excuses 
when it comes to building God's spiritual house? Whose agenda are we committed to? Ours or his? If we desire to see the church grow, you know, we've got to have a willingness to reach out to others. We've got to have a heart. That's why I'm so encouraged by the amount of people that is on Pastor Andy's boot camp, Soul Winner Boot Camp. Why? Because it shows to me that there is a heart in the congregation to be equipped to go reach the lost, to bring in the harvest field, to see souls saved. He who wins souls is wise. We've got to have, excuse me, a willingness. Do we want to see God's church be all that it's called to be? I hope I hear a resounding yes. But it starts with reaching the lost. Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel, save, uh, heal the sick, save the lost, proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. It's down to us to go. Are we prepared to leave our agenda to make sure his agenda is fulfilled? Are we then discipling the lives of Christians, helping them grow, helping them develop, helping them stand on their own two feet, helping them move from milk to the, to the meat of God's word? And are we developing mature believers around us? Because I believe that's the kind of church God wants to see. He wants to see those that are new, baby-born Christians growing and maturing in their faith and becoming mature um, spiritual leaders in God's house, reaching the same pattern and the cycle, moving round and round again. In the Bible, in the New Testament, it talks about, it uses this term, fellow workers or fellow worker. Ten times throughout the New Testament, it uses that term. Why? Because the church in the New Testament had a heart to build the house. Whose agenda are we committed to? Is it Jesus's agenda or our agenda? Come on, let's be honest with ourselves. Let's be true. God sees the heart. Are we fully persuaded? Are we fully committed to his agenda? Or does our agenda get in the way? I believe that we need to seek first the kingdom of God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our might. If I was to ask this question tonight, who wants to see the church growing? Oh, I can imagine right now, right across Gospel and other parts of, of, of Hampshire, where other congregations may be watching and listening, I can hear then you're, you're shouting at your, your device, whatever it is that you're listening to, your TV. You're all shouting, yes, we want to see the church grow. But how many of you know just wishing and wanting something to happen isn't going to make it happen? But with the concentrated efforts of us all and God's blessing upon it, we will see church growth and the church will be all that he's called us to be. If we work together. 
You know, for some, it may be giving of our time. It may be giving our time to keep the building looking nice or the building look, uh, being safe. Or, uh, but whatever we do, we've got to do it with the right heart and the right attitude. What is that? Let us rise up and build. This wasn't just the heartbeat of Nehemiah. And it wasn't just the heartbeat of those that he led. I believe it is the heartbeat of every generation of believers from the day of the Pentecost to the day that which we live in today. But do you know what? The enemy is coming with his own agenda that will cause us to feel like we don't have time, that we are too busy, that it's not important, that others would do it. They don't need me. Church, we need you. We want you. And it's vital that we are all playing our part in his body. Let's fast forward a few moments in the life of the church at Corinth, the Corinthian church. There's so many negative things that were written about the Corinthian church, but I want to speak something really positive. Listen to this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, we read these words. Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, always doing your best and doing more than is needed. Being continually aware that your labor, even to the point of exhaustion in the Lord, is not futile or wasted. It is never without purpose. When you give of your time, when you give of your effort, when you just give and give to the point of exhaustion. He's saying the Lord, this is never wasted. <laughs> it's never wasted. And we can see the purposes of God in our heart. The people in the church at Corinth, what were they saying? We have a mind to work. Let us rise up and build. Let's fast forward a few centuries to now, to the church here, right now. During this last year, 2020, uh, where we haven't been able to gather together. Do you know what? There are two ladies that have encapsulated what I'm trying to share and speak on tonight. Two ladies who didn't sit at home feeling sorry for themselves, but they rose up and said, I have a mind to work. These two ladies are over 70 years old. And throughout this last year, they have worked their socks off working in our Caring Hands team as volunteers, packing bags, delivering hampers, whatever it took. They rolled their sleeves up and they got to work. These two over 70s have also been a part of the gardening team down at the Empower Centre Gospel. Why? They said, let us rise up and build. There was a willingness and there was an action to their willingness. Let us make this our call, church. Let us, let us make it personal. I will rise up and build. I will do whatever it takes for the house of God to be what it needs to be. For some, that may mean getting your hands dirty. 
It may mean climbing a ladder, cutting down um, the hedges and the trees and whatever it would be. We can't, I can't, I genuinely can't do it alone. I need team. I need people to say, count me in. Um, you may say, oh, what does, what does paint, painting a wall, what does cutting a hedge mean about building the house? Well, if it means that we've, we keep a building and the council don't turn around and say, you're neglecting the work, it means we keep the building. There was a point last year that the council turned around to me and said, you need to do something about the ground. It's looking a mess. We need to be making sure we're working hard as a church that we're not looked at as being shabby, that we're looked at as being excellent. For others, that may be running our kids' church program. Oh, we were so close to running it. And uh, I believe as soon as lockdown begins to, to come to an end and things begin to open up again, we will start running our kids' work. Why? Because our kids, the children in church, for you if, you, if you went to Sunday school and you're an adult now, can I say this? You need to be signing up to serve our kids who need to get back into kids' church. We need as many workers so that we can facilitate all of our kids. I don't want our over 70s signing up. I want our 30s, 40s, 50s signing up and saying, we can do this. But I need to know sooner rather than later. I need to get you checked, DBS checked and all the rest of it. Let us rise up and build. Our, our kids in kids church need it. You may be saying, well, I need to get back into church as well. Our kids need it. They're not my kids. My kids have grown up. They're our kids. Those that we've dedicated. Those that we've stood by. They need to be back in kids church. For others, you may say, well, I can't do that and I can't do that. But you may be able to give of your finances so that others can do the practical stuff. What we need to be saying is, like Nehemiah, we will rise up and build. Nehemiah faced many issues and problems, stresses, strains and practical problems. And many of the issues that he faced then, we may face today. And I just want to finish with these five things as we finish. Nehemiah and those with him faced ridicule. You may have faced that with people at work or, or people in your own family. They may ridicule you, may belittle you. They may call you a, a, a loser for going to church, whatever it may be. But let's keep in focus who we worship and why we worship him. There will always be people who mock us and Nehemiah experienced the same. I'm going to read this passage from Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 1 to 4. But, uh, but it soon happened when Sambalat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. And he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What are these feeble Jews doing? Why are they fortifying themselves? Will they offer sacrifice Sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish stones that are burned? Now Tobiah the Amorite was beside him and said, Whatever they build, even if a fox goes up on it, 
he will break down their stone wall. And then the people responded, Hear, O God, for we are despised. Turn their reproach on their heads and give them as plunder to a land of captivity. I, 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 I hear that the, the ridicule that was going on, but it didn't deter them from what they were doing. Don't let ridicule keep you silent. Don't let it deter you from what you're building in the kingdom of God. Second thing they experienced were times of discouragement. We all face discouragement at times. We all face moments of confusion where we, we can allow things to wear us down and bring discouragement to our heart. Building God's house is a difficult thing. Believe me, I've been doing this now for 18 years. And no wonder, like Apostle Paul and the weight of the church, there is a weight, there is a pressure that comes on building the house of God. Why? Because it's not just the natural people's preferences that you're dealing with, but there's the spiritual attack and people can be used at times to, um, to allow the enemy's work to be done through them. Building God's house can be difficult. I want it done this way, but I think it should be done that way. I want to build it his way. And his way is the way in which we're going to do the building. Nehemiah experienced discouragement. In Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 10 it says, Then Judah said, The strength of the labourers is failing. They were beginning to struggle. They were beginning to tire. And it goes on and says, There is so much rubbish that we are not able to build the wall. They were begin, beginning to become discouraged in what they were doing. Discouragement can have disastrous consequences if we allow it to get in our heart. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Then there were opportunities for them to operate in fear. Then there were opportunities where there were internal strife and squabbling amongst themselves. We cannot allow offence. We cannot allow unforgiveness. We cannot allow internal squabblings to affect the building of his church. Oh, family church, let's allow unity. Let's allow the love of God to be that that cements us together. But lastly, I want to talk about this one. It's distractions. Distractions that come our way. Remember, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the things will be, all these things will be added to you. Have you ever noticed how easy it is to become distracted? I love Nehemiah's response when the opportunities came for him to be distracted. Nehemiah chapter 6 verse 2 through 4. Then, then uh, that Sambalat and Geshem sent to him saying, Come, let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Uno. But they thought to do me harm. So I sent messengers to them saying, I'm doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? But they sent me this message four times 
and I answered them in the same manner. I love that. When distractions come our way, don't allow them to distract us from the work of God. Don't let them sidetrack you. Don't let the, 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 the things of this world distract you from fulfilling the purposes of God. Oh, the people that I know who once walked with God, who once had a relationship with God, who's, who used to lead their family, but they got distracted by other things and they wandered away from God. Oh, don't let that be your heart. I read this quote as I was preparing this. Our attention often runs to what's important to us. So distractions can reveal what we love. Family church, let's be careful what we're allowing in our life to be a distraction. Anything that takes the place of God is a distraction and can be used by the enemy to cause you to walk away from God. During this time of lockdown and separation, the church that Jesus said he would build has still been incredibly busy. There are hearts and souls to be won. There are disciples still to be made. There is still the Great Commission to be outworked in our lives. Tonight, I want to leave these three thoughts with you. Do you have a mind to work? Will you rise up and build? And whose agenda are we committed to? Three, what I believe, three vital questions that we all need to ask ourselves. And this is my final encouragement to each and every one of you. Come on, church. Let's roll up our sleeves. Let's get ready to build. Let's get ready as soon as we possibly can. Let's not drag ourselves back into church. Let's not wait until the masks are gone. Let us get back into the building. Let us get back into our gatherings. Let us come into the corporate anointing of God. Yes, with a face mask. I was in my dad's funeral service with a mask on. The worship team were worshipping. The presence of God filled the room. And if that can happen in my dad's funeral service, oh, what can it be like in an attitude of jubilation and celebration where we come together under the anointing of the Spirit of God? Oh, yes, my heart, I can't wait to be doing Sunday night live and in person in a few weeks' time as lockdown begins to, to undo itself and we can get back into doing those things. Family church, are you ready? Are you ready to have a mind to work? Are you ready to rise up and build? And whose agenda is it that we are committed to? All to Jesus, I surrender. I surrender all. Let me pray for you tonight. Father, we just come before you. Lord, we bow our hearts in surrender to you. We thank you, Lord, that you have called us for such a time as this.
every one of us, from the eldest in our congregation to the youngest that is able to do your will. Father, I pray. Lord, just like Nehemiah, there was a call in his heart that God has been good. The hand of the king has been good. And the people declared, let us rise and build. Lord, I speak that out tonight, that your people will rise up. They will rise and build and have a willingness to do your will, O Lord. Father, we thank you tonight. May your will be done. May your kingdom come in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening tonight. And why not next week encourage someone to come join us as we're inspired through the word of God week in, week out. God bless you all. Have an amazing week. And uh, don't forget the word that I believe that I had at the beginning that we are on the rock Christ Jesus. No matter how hard the storm may be blowing, our feet are firmly planted and that we are a beacon of light to those who are lost in this dark world. God bless you all and we'll see you 